Um, our guest speaker today is uh, Rick Bullock. Um, he's a member here. We're going to claim him for that, but we're also excited about the ways God's used him in our area. Uh, Rick has uh, education. He's a graduate of Washtenaw High School and the University of Louisiana at Monroe, and he attended Liberty University where he had a Master of Counseling in Human Services. Uh, he's spent a lot of his career uh, serving our military. He entered active duty in the Army. Uh, in 1974 at Fort Polk. He retired from active duty in 1996. Uh, he accepted his current position as operations manager for the Louisiana National Guard educational programs in June 2012. Uh, he's had other experiences with our military from 2006 to 2011. He was the national program manager for the Department of Defense National Guard Bureau Education Liaison Program in Arlington, Virginia. 2001 to 2006, he was the corporate training manager for Centennial Wireless Corporation in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, he's an avid military history buff, and as you met uh, Debbie, um, he is married to Debbie Bullock, and um, we are blessed to have them here at our church, and it's always good. Anytime Rick speaks, I always listen up. He's got some great stories um, from his childhood, which maybe we'll have to do another time, uh, but he's going to be sharing about the Youth Challenge Program, which I think is one of the major things going on in our region that is sometimes a really well-kept secret. So welcome, Rick Bullock. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to try to get this going here while I talk. I appreciate so much the uh, opportunity to speak to you guys. This is going to be, let me start off by asking, how many of you think you know a good bit about the Youth Challenge Program? Okay. Uh, I think today, oop, out, got to remember that's there. I think one thing I'm going to do today, regardless of how much you know about the Youth Challenge Program, is share some information that's going to be even new to you. Uh, if you uh, listen to Brother Ricky Belgard a moment ago, the Youth Challenge Program started 24 years ago. But it's not unusual for me to go out and speak to groups, whether it's here in Pineville, over in Alexandria, uh, in Monroe, Slidell, Lake Charles, and folks say, well, I never... I've never heard of the Youth Challenge Program before. So today, when we leave here, all of you will have heard about the Youth Challenge Program. And I have some exciting things to tell you about what's happening in this program. But uh, it is a quasi-military program. Our motto is Changing America One Youth at a Time. You have a brochure on your table. Please take that with you. If there's some extra ones, please feel free to take them. Uh, we had these printed uh, some months ago, just many, many of them, and there are even some changes to those, but we'll be printing some new ones uh, before long. But again, uh, we make an effort every day to change our communities, our state, and our nation by changing one young person at a time. Our mission is very simple. It's to go out into the communities, find 16 to 18-year-old male and female at-risk youth, bring them into a quasi-military environment on a military installation for 22 weeks of residential work and then send them back to their communities a much better citizen. That used to say 16 to 18-year-old high school dropout. It doesn't anymore. And you're going to find out in a few minutes why. We are funded by the Department of Defense primarily. 75% of our funding comes from DOD and I'm going to show you 
based on the state legislative auditor of what our economic impact is in the communities in the state where we're located. But 75% of our funding comes from outside the state from the Department of Defense through National Guard Bureau. 25% of our funding comes from the state. And if you've been listening to what's going on in state government over the last seven, eight, or 10 years, every year we have to fight for our state budget. I'll tell you a real quick story. I know my time's limited, and you all are used to getting out of here by 2 o'clock, so that shouldn't be a problem. But uh, a couple of years ago, the state cut my budget $300,000. And we had to go to Baton Rouge on a couple of occasions and explain the math to them. We don't cost the state anything. They may give us $5.6 million a year, but we really don't cost the state anything. Because we bring in $3 for every dollar they give us, but if they cut me $300,000, then I lose the $900,000 match. $1.2 million. We have to shut down a program or cut our programs back. So we went down. Uh, they gave us our $300,000 back. Then there was a change in administration in the governor's office. And a couple of months later, I get a phone call and said, look, you got a plus up last year of $300,000. We need that money back. So we go back to Baton Rouge and say, no, it wasn't a plus up. They just gave us back what they took. So we got to keep it. But anyhow, that's, that's how we're funded. One of the big misconceptions about the Youth Challenge Program is that we're a boot camp. We're not. We're not in any way affiliated with the juvenile justice system. We're a voluntary program. We are an approved alternative school now. You're going to see uh, what I mean by that here in just a few minutes. And we uh, have just started our first class of course choice credit recovery, which means a high school can refer a young person to us. They can come to us, stay enrolled in high school, go back to that school, and hopefully graduate with their class. Uh, we operate at absolutely no cost to the participant, participant or the participant's family. Uh, none of our funding comes from those that attend or from their families. The history of the program is, as uh, Brother Belgard stated a moment ago, we started 24 years ago. In September of 93, we started our first class. We were one of the first 10 in the United States that started right here at Camp Borgard. Since then, we've expanded to Camp Gillis Long, which is in Carville, just south of Baton Rouge, and then also to Camp Menden uh, up in North Louisiana on Interstate 20 uh, between Monroe and Shreveport. <clears throat> we are a two-phase program. A lot of, you've heard me say we are a 22-week residential program. We're really a 17-month program. It's just that 22 weeks or five months of that is in residence on a military installation, and they're with us 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and that's part of our success. A lot of youth programs will have them for five or six, seven hours a day, and then they go home at night. We keep them for 22 weeks, and that's one of the huge uh, aspects of our success. But after they finish that five-month residential program and they leave, we still have a full-time case manager and a mentor in their local community that helps us work with that student, work with that graduate, to put into action uh, the goals that they set while they were with us in the five-month residential program. So we work with them for another 12 months uh, to help them get in school, uh, stay in school, go to work, find a job, do volunteerism in their communities, whatever their post-residential action plan is. We call it, a, in the military we have acronyms, we call that a PRAP. So post-residential action plan, we want them to go out and put that action plan into place. And so we work with them for 12 months following their residential program. Eligibility. Uh, I was asked earlier, well, what are the requirements to get into the challenge program? Well, the biggest requirement and the most important requirement is they must be willing to come and want to come. 
It's a voluntary program. They must be a Louisiana resident, 16 to 18 years old on the first day of the class. Now, they can be 18 on the first day and turn 19 tomorrow, but they have to be 18 on the first day. Everything that we do in all of our rules, uh, the way that we operate, our budget system and everything is mandated by Department of Defense. These, are man these requirements are mandated by the Department of Defense. Now, uh, there are certain things that we can tweak and change here and there, and some states do. But our goal in Louisiana, and I will tell you this, you're not going to see it on the slide, but I was sharing with Brother Ricky Belgard earlier. Every year when the 40 Youth Challenge programs in the United States turn in their annual reports, our three are always in the top five in the nation. We've been uh, noted as a benchmark program. Tennessee is starting a new program for the first time. And NGB requires any new program in the United States before they can start, send their staff to us for two weeks. And so uh, sometimes they'll go home, start a program, and then come back on their cycle break to learn more. We are recognized, and you can be proud of the fact, that Louisiana has three of the top five programs in the United States. And you're going to see some numbers in a few minutes that bear that out. But there must be a Louisiana resident, 16, 18-year-old, on the first day of the program, male and female, willing to become drug-free. Now, that's confusing to a lot of folks. What do you mean, willing to become drug-free? Well, Department of Defense has a, has a no-tolerance policy on drugs. If we tested the 1,820 or 30 kids that we bring into our program every year on day one, how many would we send home? Most of them. A lot of them. But we don't. And our agreement with the Department of Defense is we must test them by day 40. So we test them on day 39. So they've had 39 days of three good meals a day, a snack, two glasses of water before every meal, whether they want to drink water or not. Getting up at 5.30 in the morning, whether they want to or not. 16-hour days, PT every day, whether they want to or not. All that activity and a good diet and exercise. And in the last two years... We have drug tested a little over 3,000 young people, and we've had two fail the test. So it's a pretty good record. And then a willing participant. They must volunteer to come. It is a family decision. And I've told our mayor, if the city of Pine will appropriate $4 million and give it to us, we'll start a program for parents. That seems sometimes our biggest issue. But they had not come up with the money yet, so we're still waiting. But anyhow, a willing participant not convicted of an adult felony. Uh, if a young person has a violent past or propensity for violence, they've been convicted of a violent offense that would, would be an, a felony as an adult, we cannot take them. And that's a safety issue for other cadets and, of course, our staff. This is really what they learn in the 22 weeks that they're with us. And the, I think the most important thing is listed at the top, life coping skills. On day one of a program, we just started a program on October the 15th down at Gillis Long in Carville, south of Baton Rouge. We had 338 young men and women show up on day one. And when they show up that evening, they get put in barracks with 50, 55 other kids from all over the state. They start learning life skills immediately. So that's a very important thing. Academic excellence, job skills, Responsible citizenship, leadership, all of those things. Community service. Every cadet, before they can graduate from our program, must do at least 40 hours of community service. As the keeper of the numbers, 
I can tell you that we're averaging about 43 and a half, 44 hours per cadet. And the reason for that is when they get to their 40, guess what? They volunteer beyond that because it makes them feel good. They get to enjoy going out and doing community service and doing something for someone else. And so they go beyond that 40 hours. Residential phase, they live in a military-style barracks. They live, of course, on a military installation. Uh, they, when they're the first two weeks that they're with us, they have no contact with the outside world, so to speak. No television, no cell phones, no computers, no phone calls. And on the Sunday of the beginning of the third week, they get to make their first phone call home. Again, that's part of our success. They're supervised 24 hours a day, seven days a week by either currently in the military guardsmen or retired military that we call cadre. You might call them drill sergeants. We call them cadre, but they're the same thing. And so, uh, again, they get to write and receive letters. We eliminate distractions. Males and females come in on day one. They're processed separately, and they don't see each other again until the night before graduation, 22 weeks later. We eliminate distractions. And that uh, limits our problems. Technology is used only in the classroom. Doesn't matter how connected to technology and social media they are on day one, they go on a drought of social media for 22 weeks. And again, it, it keeps out some of that outside influence and, and distractions. Typical day is they get up at 5.30 in the morning whether they want to or not. Uh, I had a father from Oak Grove call me last year and said, I need to talk to you about that youth program you have. I said, you're talking about Youth Challenge. He said, well, yeah, I guess that's what it is. I said, well, sir, let me tell you about our program, and if I don't answer your question, then feel free to ask them. So I went through kind of what I'm telling you, and when I got to the part, I said, we'll get him up at 5.30 in the morning. He said, oh, no. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, my son sleeps at 11 o'clock every day. And at that time, I said, sir, well, we've, we've run about 25,000 kids through this program. We've graduated right at 21,000 at that time, and not one has slipped in on us yet. You send him, we'll get him up at 5.30. So he sent him, and he did get up at 5.30, and he graduated at Camp Borgard this past June and is doing a good job right now. They go through breakfast, medical call, clean barracks, do personal hygiene. They learn to do their own laundry, do all that, keep their wall lockers in, in the inspectable condition. They do a formation at, at 7.55 and go to class, and they're in class until 3.30 with an hour or so lunch break. What do they do if they get to class and don't want to participate? Well, our class size is about 20 students per teacher, and there's a drill sergeant, as you would call them, I call them cadre, in the classroom. And if a student doesn't want to participate, wants to disrupt the teacher, just kind of points them out, drills the cadre, takes them outside, and after that cadre uh, does what they want to with them for about six hours, that kid's begging to go back to class. So uh, we really don't have any issues, discipline issues in the classroom. Typical day is PT, retreats and honors. Uh, uh, in the evening, we have guest speakers typically on Wednesday evenings. They get to write letters. Lights out at 9 o'clock. Lights go out, eyes closed, mouths are shut. Go to sleep because after 16 hours, they're ready to go to sleep. Now, if they do what we ask them to do during the week, we let them sleep in on weekends until 6. If you don't think that 30 minutes is important, ask one of them. Cycle activities, we have one to two family days where it's kind of like a big tailgate party. All the families get to come in and bring their, their barbecue pits and their cookers and their tents and their tables, and they just get to cook and spend four or five hours with their, their cadet. 
and uh, they get to do that a time or two uh, at Camp Borgard. It's not unusual on a Sunday when that happens to have 3,000 to 4,000 family members show up. It's an event. Uh, and so they get to do that. They get one or two home passes. Again, community involvement, field trips and outings to the state capitol, to the World War II Museum. Uh, they do all the career exploration activities that any other student in a school would do. Uh, all the academic testing to include, um, uh, we do the TABE right off the bat, test of adult basic education. So each kid gets an individualized education plan. Uh, we do ACT testing. We do compass testing, ASFAB testing for military and so forth. And then the night before graduation, they have a prom. It is, I promise you, the most chaperoned prom you've ever seen in your life. Because here at Camp Borgard, we have uh, 47, 48 cadre, depending on the day of the week. And they're all at the prom. So it's a well-chaperoned event. It's something they look forward to. And then graduation. If you've never been to a Youth Challenge program graduation, you've never been to a graduation. We have to use the largest venues that we can find. Riverfront Center, Pentecostal Church in Alexandria, because those places are packed out at graduation. It's, a, it's an event. Staff, I've already introduced part of the staff. Every staff has a director and deputy director. And in Louisiana, they're military people. We have a cadre, I've already explained those. We have counseling department. All of our counselors are master's degree. We have eight counselors out here at Camp Borgard that work just with the Youth Challenge Program. Every cadet can see a counselor when they need to, want to, or at least a minimum of five or six times during a 22-week cycle. 1 to 40 ratio counselors to cadets. Academic department, all of our instructors are state certified. Most of them are retired teachers that want to come back and work. We have a medical staff, a dispensary, an RN, and about three LPNs. We have psychiatrists, psychologists, uh, physicians, and all that on contract and available at call uh, when needed. We own and operate our own dining facility where they get those three meals a day. And one of the things that kids will tell you when they exit the program and graduate, we ask, what are you going to miss the most about YCP? A lot of them are going to say the dining facility. Because the sad truth is, a lot of them never had three meals a day. But they get three good meals a day, plus a snack. Uh, and, and other times, pizza parties and so forth. But uh, then we have our own supply and logistics program. Post-residential, I mentioned that once they leave us and graduate, we have a staff that stays in touch with them and works with them for 12 months, helping them fulfill their goals that they established while they were YCP. And then, of course, one of the important integral parts of our program is every cadet has a mentor in their local community. It is a requirement that that mentor stay in touch with that cadet, stay in touch with us, and live within 30 miles of that cadet. Every cadet has a mentor in the local community. One of the biggest struggles we have is finding enough mentors. If you'd like to serve as a mentor, we ask you to stay in touch with that young person, understand what their goals are, help them, uh, counsel them in, in helping them reach those goals. If we can't locate them or hadn't heard from them, we may contact you. But a mentor is very, very important. One of the new programs we've started, uh, like I said, I've been with the program about five and a half years now. About four years ago, the director of the program was my, uh, Colonel Michael Burrell, a retired colonel. Uh, sat down and started asking some questions. What can we do? Because 
at that point, all the cadets that came to us had to be high school dropouts. Some of them not, might have been 16 years old, but they might not have been in school in two years. So we give them the test of adult basic education. We find out where they are, and they work toward a high school. Now is the, um, is the new GED. GED's gone away, and the high set's taking its place. But one of the first things we did was we got an agreement with the Bossier Parish Community College. They looked at our curriculum, all those eight core components, our academic curriculum. They came up with five challenge exams. You would know them as CLEP tests. Every cadet that earns the high set gets to take all five challenge exams. For every exam they pass, they get three hours of college credit. So they can get up to 15 hours of college credit while they're with us too. There's no cost to the student. We pay for that. And we got a good deal. Uh, if a student takes a test and fails it, it doesn't cost us anything. But for every hour that student earns, we pay Bossier Parish Community College $33. That's a pretty good deal. And you're going to see at the bottom of the slide, to, the, to date, as of September uh, of this year, we've had 1,654 cadets earn over 15,000 hours of college credit. Now, who are we talking about? We're talking about young men and women that came to our program, high school dropouts, may not have been in school in a year or two. College was not on their radar screen. Now, all of a sudden, they leave with a high set and 15 hours of college credit or six hours of college credit, nine or 12 hours, whatever they passed. And so part of that PREP, that action plan may have been to continue their education. Now they have a foot in the door. So it's been an excellent program for us. Uh, workforce development. I tried to retire a year or so ago, so I worked part-time in workforce development. Then they talked me to coming back full-time again, so I'm back full-time. But this is one of the things we put together in the last three years or so. We've partnered with community and technical colleges in the three locations where we have YCPs, here at CLTCC. At the beginning of every cycle, we'll do some testing. We'll do interest inventories. We will pick out about 30 cadets that want to go get some kind of technical uh, vocational training. And four days a week, they do the academic work with us in the morning. They eat lunch, and at 1 o'clock from 1 to 6, they go to CLTCC Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And they go through their whatever curriculum they've selected. It's either manufacturing, maintenance, welding, drafting, patient care tech, or heavy equipment operator, whatever it might be. But these have been identified and, uh, by the Workforce Commission as critical needs in the state of Louisiana. So we put them in something that's a critical need because when they leave us, we want them to go to work. And so, again, you can see to date that we've had 281 cadets. We have 49 right now attending. They're not included in this number. But in the last uh, two and a half years, we've graduated 281 cadets that have earned an entry-level certification from local community college in addition to their high set and in addition to college credits. So you can see as we move through time, we're adding opportunities for our young people. Recently instituted Jobs for American graduates. This is something that the governor is pushing. Uh, we have uh, 45 cadets involved in a program right now that's designed to eliminate social barriers uh, that would keep them from uh, attaining their educational goals, whatever those goals may be. Uh, skills training, career information. Uh, it's an excellent on-site program. We've just uh, instituted that in all three of our programs uh, this calendar year. Now, when I told you that we, we in Louisiana are unique, 
Other states will test cadets and they have to score a certain level on the to get into the program. We don't do that. Our philosophy is this. If a young person wants to come to YCP, we do everything we can to get them into YCP. Unless there's a reason that we cannot take them. We don't eliminate them up front. If they come in and test third grade level, which happens, we'll take them. Because success to us, and I, I preach this and I preach this, and I tell people at the Department of Education, I tell people when we go to budget meetings, if a young man comes in and tests 3.5, meaning third grade, fifth month, but he was at such and such a high school in the ninth or tenth grade, and he tests third year, fifth month, and he leaves our program at seventh, grade that's success that's success if they come in at five or six and leave at the ninth or tenth may not earn their high set but that's success they go back to the community much more able to function in society as an adult Louisiana leads the nation and it's kind of hard if you're a program that they have to score eighth or ninth grade to get into your program it's hard I understand that you know, we talk about numbers, and numbers mean things, and sometimes they don't, but sometimes they do. But right now, our average cadet increases their educational level 2.4 years in 20 weeks. And that's pretty good. It's not unusual to have a fourth or fifth grade level student come in and earn their high set. And on that last tape, that fifth tape, about three weeks before graduation, they've gone from fifth or sixth grade to 11th or 12th grade. It's, they get a good night's sleep, they get a good diet, they do PT, there aren't any distractions, going to school is not an option, misbehaving is corrected on the spot. All of that goes into that number. Our high set results, we've tested over 13,000, we've had 11,100 and something pass the high set for an 83.3% pass rate. Now, that's of those that took the high set. Every cadet doesn't get to take the high set. The state, we, we're charged $160 for every student that takes the high set. We take that out of our budget. But the state requires that they pass a pre-high set test before they're eligible to take the high set. And if they come in third, fourth grade level, chances are they're never going to take the high set. But of those that do test, we have an 83.3% pass rate. Where are we today? As of September, which was our last graduating class at Gillis Long, we have enrolled 28,312 cadets. We've graduated 22,735 of those for an 80% graduation rate. You're not going to find another program for at-risk youth that has that kind of track record anywhere. And again, I go back to the fact that Part of our success is tied to the fact that we are a residential program. Our three-year average, now if you average those up, it's going to be different than 81%, but some of them are going to, going to school, continue their education, and working, so they're counted in both of those. We've got pretty good placement numbers uh, after they finish our program. I'm trying to be sensitive to your time, so I'm going to watch my watch here. But one of the things that I will tell you about this number, <clears throat> you see that 7% miscellaneous? Some of them get distracted. Some of them go back and reoffend. About 35 to 
closer to 40% of our cadets that come to us have had some contact with the juvenile justice system before they came to us, either FINS or juvenile court or whatever the case may be. Three, two and a half years ago, the, the uh, Department of Juvenile Justice in Baton Rouge called me and wanted to know what my recidivism rate was. And so I said, well, that's something we really don't track, but I can get the numbers for you. So I went to our post-res departments, those that work with those kids for 12 months after they graduate from our program. Come to find out over the previous three years, all the young men and women that had had contact with the juvenile justice system that came to our program, once they left in that first 12 months, about 8% reoffended. The state's average in 12 months after their contact with the courts, 27%. So if we bring in 1,820 kids a year and we graduate 1,425 of those, and there's a difference between 8% and 40% of those that had contact with the juvenile justice system, and our recidivism rate's 8%, theirs is 12%, do the math, that's about $12 million a year, we're saving the juvenile justice department. So do we cost the state anything? Absolutely not. Educational programs, economic impact. Now, <clears throat> I put this down here for a reason. Louisiana Legislative Auditor, Department of Economic Development, as of April 2013, that's the latest numbers we have. These are our budgets. Well, these aren't our budgets. That's our economic impact. But 75% of the money that comes in comes from the federal government. And Camp Menden's economic impact, Camp Borgard, because Camp Menden is a 200-bed program. Borgard and Camp... Uh, Gillis Long are 250 bed programs but even though it's Borgard is a 250 bed program we bring in 325 kids because we know a lot are going to leave they're not going to make it you know attrition we want to graduate 250 so to graduate 250 we bring in much more we don't get an extra penny if we bring in an, ex an extra 85 kids we don't, we don't get an extra dollar in our budget we take the budget for 250 and we stretch it but our economic impact for the three youth challenge programs in Starbase, because I'm also operations manager for three Starbase programs. Very quickly, those are programs uh, at here at Camp Borgard, just outside Baton Rouge, and at Jackson Barracks, where we go out and make contact with at-risk fifth grade students, uh, at-risk elementary schools, and we teach those students uh, STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math, five days a week that we bring them to our site, uh, we test them before they come in. We test them when they leave to get another baseline. And right now, 97% of those students are increasing their STEM knowledge 20% or more during that week that they're with us. So that's three more programs that we have. But the entire educational programs, 383 employees, almost $150 million economic impact on our state. This is the new part. I've been working now for about a year and a half to get this done through the Department of Education, through the Bessie Board. We got it approved. We've started a new program where a young person does not have to drop out of school to come to YCP. We have three students right now from Rapids Parish Schools that in the last few weeks left those schools, came to us. They're continuing their normal education track that they would have had they stayed in school. They will graduate from our program, go back into their schools in March, and finish the year with their class. But while they're with us, they're going to stay on track educationally. They're still going to get that structure, that discipline, the regimen, and the things that they need, those life skills. So we've just started the credit recovery and the course choice program. Uh, again, the high set uh, has, is what we've been doing for 24 years. And then, of course, TABE increased for those that don't earn the high set. 
Why does it work? Again, I've explained really my perception of why it works. We are quasi-military. We're on military installation. They stay with us 24 hours a day, uh, and we eliminate distractions. These are our start dates. One of the great things about our state having three programs is if you're in a state with one program, they have two start dates a year. If a kid really needs to come to ICP, they might have to wait five or six months for a program to start. And what is time on the hands of a young person? You know, uh, idle hands of the devil's workshop. But we have three programs. We have six start dates. So a young person in Louisiana doesn't have to wait over a couple of months to get into a program. And that's a tremendous advantage that we have. Right now, we're interviewing and screening and accepting applications for our new program that will start here at Camp Borgard in January. This class will graduate on December the 7th. New class will start on, in January, and it will graduate in June. And we just continue the cycle. So that is your Youth Challenge program here in the state of Louisiana. I think we have just a minute or two. Are there any questions? Do you have any questions that I didn't answer? Yes, ma'am. Ms. Gloria? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's part of their 40 hours of community service. Well, we don't do roadside cleanup. They're not prisoners. But we do go to Kent House. Uh, they work local fairs and festivals. Uh, we just sent 30-something kids down to New Orleans for, for four days. They uh, the uh, World War II Museum, Airland and Sea Festival. Uh, they pushed the World War II vets around in their wheelchairs. They helped them get from point A to point B. They helped... Uh, with anything that they were needing down there. Anything in the communities that's needed where you need extra hands, the heart walk, all of those things, our cadets. Include the work at the cemetery We have done a few of those. Uh, we, try, we try to keep them busy, and sometimes those are community projects that we will do if it benefits the community. Okay. It's $15 a question, by the way. I'm just kidding. All right. Oh, you forty five dollars. Who does the accreditation of yours? You said the federal, but you said the state. The state. We don't get any money from Department of Education, but we get it from Division Administration in the state. It's in the state budget. And they accredit everything we do educationally. Now, as far as the program being accredited, we're accredited by the Department of Defense as a program. But everything that's educational is accredited through the Louisiana Department of Education. They go back home. I mean, if they choose, if, and believe it or not, when I, when I said something about starting a parent for, program for parents, I'd love to. Because one of our biggest issues is dealing with parents. I had a father pull his daughter out of our program the week before she was going to take her high set 
because she found out on a phone call with her mother in Arizona that when she got her high set to come to Arizona, she had a job waiting for her. Father had custody. He pulls her out, takes her home so she couldn't get her high set. That's the kind of stuff we deal with. But it's a voluntary program. Parents can pull them out. Sometimes that 17 or 18-year-old is the only wage earner in the family. And mama's missing that little check while they're gone. So they'll come pull them out of the programs, take them home, put them back to work. All kinds of things that cause them. And sometimes we invite them to leave based on things that happen. All right? By the way, I will say we get tremendous support from the city of Pineville, Pineville police. I mean, sometimes it's a track meet in week one or two when we get 340 kids in here. But uh, they do a fantastic job, and we appreciate it. Other questions? Yes, ma'am. We have groups, and we're very particular. We just don't let anybody that says, I want to come in and teach Bible study come in. But uh, as Brother Ricky Belgard was saying, we do have churches that will bring groups in every week. That's part of that Wednesday night stuff. Uh, plus on Sundays, we have different groups that will come in and hold religious services, do Bible study, come in and, and play music and sing and things like that. But they, they're, they're not forced to go, but it's available to them if they want to go. Other question? Yes, sir. That happens, uh, particularly for 16 and 17.